Hello, hello, and welcome back to DFT's Dungeon. My name is Daniel Terry, and I know what you must be thinking. Dan, you said that you're on a seasonal break from the podcast until February, and here's the thing. I totally am. However, there are some situations that require my immediate attention. See, last year in season two of the podcast, I did an episode talking about Omni Part 1 by the band Project 86. And even at the time, I decided to push back the episode that I had that I'd been working on. Like, it was totally finished. And I was like, no, I, I have to stop and, and, and talk about this Project 86 record. Because Project 86 is just one of those bands for me. A band that I can happily say that I've been listening to for 23 years at this point. And when they drop a new release, I'm one of the first people to jump on it. And I know a lot of you guys tune in to hear me talk about records that came out 20 years ago. And don't worry, because I've got a lot of those coming up in Season 4, I promise. But please indulge me with the occasional new release from time to time. So in this bonus episode, I'm going to jump right back into the sci-fi dystopian nightmare world of Omni by Project 86. And just like last time, I'm going to talk about every song the musical side as well as the lyrical side. So make sure to hit that subscribe button, turn on, plug in, and drop out as we are all assimilated by Omni Part 2 by Project 86. The only way to properly jump into Part 2 is, of course, to recap what happened in Part 1. And if you're super curious about Omni Part 1, like all the little details, I highly recommend you go back and listen to my analysis of Omni Part 1 on the audio podcast on Spotify or on Apple or wherever you get podcasts at. It should be pretty much everywhere. But since we're all very busy and not everybody has time to do that, I'm going to give you the short version. Omni is a fictional story that takes place in the not-so-distant future. A future where a global corporation called Omnicorp has mined all available technologies in order to solve all of humanity's problems, real or perceived. No matter what ails you, Omnicorp has you covered. And among their products, three stand out more than any others. The first one is called the Pulse, which is a genetic implant that has the power to regulate your emotions with the help of an algorithm. And I know this is a cautionary tale, but can you imagine being able to calm down at the exact right moments all the time? Like right before a job interview, you just walk in and you're like totally calm and collected and you're chill, right? Like just let something else regulate how you feel. I have an anxiety disorder, so this would probably actually help me out a lot. I mean, if it wasn't for the darker side of the technology, which I'll get into in a minute, I, I would totally be all about that, all about that product. And the second big product is the Optic, which is a neural interface. So instead of having your phone and carrying it around with you, you just have this implant like in your eye with the power to insert virtual images into the real world. So imagine you never get lost because you've basically got a GPS in your brain. You just know where to go in any given situation. You could be walking down the street and see a restaurant and immediately know what kind of star rating that restaurant has. And finally, the third technology is called organic fission, which is a totally sustainable power source that breaks down organic material and harvests its energy. And even though I already know that this is all gonna go horribly wrong, what really caught me about the whole Omni story and why I think it's unique is that in most futuristic dystopian stories like that, the technology always seems really far-fetched. But man, these Omni products sound like something I would totally buy tomorrow. 
like seriously. And all three of those technologies work together to achieve one final breakthrough. They figure out how to solve humanity's biggest inconvenience, which is death itself. And part one details the storyline of exactly how that turned out for them and the rest of humanity. See, Omni Part 2 is not a sequel to Omni Part 1, and it's not actually a prequel either. What Part 2 does is essentially gives us a glimpse of what was going on in the brains of the two men who were responsible for the creation of Omnicorp and its life-changing technology. It dives deeper into a lot of the concepts that are presented in Omni Part 1. And I actually really prefer this kind of format because you can still have Omni One to describe what happens in the story. But like a lot of new sci-fi universes, I like to see the movie first and then I'm gonna go back and read the novelization, right? And get more detail. Or I'm gonna read the comic book or 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 watch, you know, deleted scenes and all that stuff so that I can sort of build the world myself in pieces. And from what I've heard coming from the Project 86 camp lately. All of that stuff is in the works, like a novelization and a comic book. And there's like a whole bunch of music videos for some of the songs on part one. There's a music video for one of the songs off of this album that's out now. And the videos are very much set in the world of Omni. So that might be something worth checking out if you're interested in it. I think it's cool to have a part two to better explain some of the concepts behind the story and learn more about the world itself. And just to try to keep this from getting super confusing, I feel like I need to explain that Omni Part 2 is a combination of two EPs. So the first six songs on the album are what were originally called the Electronic EP. Songs that are still heavy, but are focused more on electronic elements and augmentation. The last five songs are what comprised the Brutality EP. And these songs are just straight to the point rippers and feature some of the heaviest produced material for the entire Omni project. So are you still with me after all that? <laughs> Good. Let's jump head first into those first six songs. The first song is called Never Let a Crisis Go to Waste. This song jump scared me the first time I listened to it. There's three big jump scares on this album, and this is the first one. I loaded the files onto my phone, and I guess because my phone's only a Pixel 7 and not a Pixel 8, there's a two-second gap between when I hit the play button on a song and when the song starts. So suddenly out of nowhere, I just hear an electronic-infused Andrew Schwab start chanting in my ears. Can you feel the outrage spreading? Can you feel the outrage spreading? Nerves inflame the rising conflict. And while I hear the electronic elements at play loud and clear, make no mistake that these songs are just as heavy as anything that you heard on Omni Part 1. As an intro song, it gets to the point really quickly, and the band throws down some pretty aggressive guitar slams, with Schwab screaming his lungs out in his newfound metalcore style. And get used to that, because it's going to be primarily that vocal style on the entire album. The guitar work on this song is super slammy and genty and I can't get enough of it. The best way to describe Omni Part 2 is that it sounds like the Doom Eternal soundtrack with vocals. The song is heavy, electronic, and epic, and it takes the concepts established in Part 1 and digs right down to the core of them. 
Lyrically, the song deals with global powers who seek to take advantage of a major crisis in order to secure power over the population through that distraction. And this is the strategy that the Omni founders are using, attempting to regulate people's emotions and manipulating the masses through technology to get them to feel however they want them to feel. So that emotional regulation that was advertised is actually emotional manipulation. And just like the songs in part one, this one hits uncomfortably close to home because I've got bad anxiety literally all the time. How would I be able to resist the solution to that problem? I'll be honest, I probably wouldn't. I'd probably be willing to do anything in order to live my life like what I would consider a normal person. And of course, in order for the technology to work, I would have to agree to quite a few things. So, you know, always make sure to read the fine print, I guess. And I think that we see signs of this today in the curated experiences that we have on social media. Every time we like a post, comment on an article, and the platform goes to work, trying to find you more of that content that either A, reinforces what you already think, or just makes you feel good, or some combination of the two. And the longer they can regulate that positive experience with you, the longer you're going to continue to interact with the platform. Ultraviolent slams in next, and this had me second-guessing the track listing because it's hard to believe that a song this heavy wouldn't have been part of the Brutality EP. Schwab's vocals are absolutely acidic here. The breakdowns in the song are devastating. Like, just a solid brick wall of heaviness. And what impresses me is how they were able to still pull a very memorable chorus out of all of it. And I'm not talking like a clean sung chorus, more like a shouted, chanted chorus, which is kind of a Project 86 staple. And this was the first single released off of Omni 2, and I can totally see why. This one song contains almost all of the elements that you're going to hear on the rest of this album. The lyrics dig into technological experimentation cooked up by the mind of one of Omni's founders. He begins the experiments on himself as he attempts to merge his own humanity with that of an algorithmic AI in an attempt to expand his own mind. And why do we want to expand our mind? Because he was dissatisfied with the limits of what his own human brain is able to handle. So he tries to find a way to use technological augmentation so that he can process the sheer volume of knowledge that is actually at his fingertips. And it makes sense too. For me personally, I get dozens of messages every day, hundreds of notifications, hundreds of emails, mostly spam. And it causes a great amount of strain on me mentally trying to keep up with all of it or trying to remember certain things. Like, what are, what are the odds that the first message somebody sends me on Messenger in the morning is going to be remembered by the end of the day after I have already messaged tons of other people? But no matter how exhausted I get, I do still force myself to kind of comb through all of it and make sure I don't miss anything. And why do I do that? Because I'm addicted to that process. I'm addicted to that dopamine hit that I get every time I get a notification. But how great would it be if I was able to have a way to process all of it without it causing a lot of mental strain? What if we aren't satisfied with the limits of our brains? With the speed of which technology is moving, how could we ever expect to keep up with it without eventually merging with it? but I'm getting ahead of myself. Complete the Circle starts off heavy electronic until this disgusting pick scraping starts with the guitars, and it's present throughout the entire song, 
and it is just soul ripping. At the one minute and four second timestamp, there's a super sick drop and they kick into the hookiest part of the song. And the real strength of this new incarnation of Project 86 is their focus on keeping the songs as heavy as possible with no compromise, but still finding a way to be memorable within the stencil of that heaviness. Oh, and let's not forget the part at two minutes and five seconds where it's just isolated loud pick scraping, which is the second jump scare on this album. And as a guy who primarily likes noisy music, I was right at home with this song. And it's funny too, because I like noisy music, right? So you would think that a record that is this produced would diminish the noisy aspect for me, but it's actually quite the opposite. There was a lot of attention paid to the mixing and mastering that just makes every unpleasant sound pop really brightly. And I'm only three songs in, and I'm completely blown away by the immediacy of every track. Where Omni One was more theatrical and paced, even on the non-brutality songs, Omni Two just goes for the throat during every second of audio. And this song deals with the concepts of connection and privacy. Since the experiments conducted in the song Ultraviolent were successful, the technology has been rolled out on a global scale. This provides a way for humanity not only to auto-regulate our emotions and expand our mental capacity, but also brings humanity together in a way that they've never truly connected before. The attraction of an expanded brain is having access to all knowledge, even the knowledge that we might have wanted to keep private. Maybe there are things that you don't want everyone to have access to. However, in order to gain the benefits of the rest of the technology, you have to agree to this because this is how the system of connection actually works. It's like networking our brains together instead of just networking computers together. It's kind of a mishmash of both at that point. And that desire to know everything about a person or a topic is definitely something that is hard-coded into us anyway. I think I started noticing it in my own life as a podcaster because I share aspects of my personal life in some of these episodes, but it's always in a controlled way because I want to be able to relate to people, but I would totally recoil at the thought of people knowing everything about me. And it's not even that I have anything to hide. They're just, they're just things that you don't want people to know right? And yet I would still get messages from listeners that would use that personal information that I shared in a way that made me feel uncomfortable. And they would ask me for clarification on things that I was intentionally vague about. And when I would simply tell them that that information was private, they'd get upset with me. But here's the thing. Even I've been guilty of doing this. In the past, I've reached out to musicians and bands and asked some really tone-deaf personal questions and, like, even some accusations of things that I didn't really know about. So, like, asking people questions in an accusatory manner and not really even realizing that that's what I was doing. And then I would end up getting butt hurt because they would tell me to piss off and I would have just hit a wall and the, the information that I wanted just straight up wasn't there. The golden goose wasn't for sale, and I couldn't have one, and that made me very upset. And it's not all that different from the listeners that ask me those same types of questions, and I always tell them, hey, 
I'm sorry, but it's private. So the fact that we already have that coded into us makes this whole worldwide global connection through technology more terrifying. That's what makes this super futuristic sci-fi hellscape so scary, is that it's basically using some of our natural tendencies against us. And if we want to reap the benefits of this life-changing and necessary technology, you're going to have to give up any semblance of privacy. Privacy is outdated. Either you embrace the new way of the world or you get left behind. And in the world of Omni, getting left behind has dire consequences. Which leads us into the X and the Y. You know, I've been talking a lot about catchiness and choruses on this episode, and the truth is, is that the hook on this song is probably my favorite of the bunch. And again, it's a totally abrasive nightmare of a song. But then it's mixed with this super memorable and even singable hook that keeps me engaged. I like the speed on this song, and while the breakdowns are a little bit dialed back, the song's energy level and speed more than makes up for it. At 2 minutes and 40 seconds, you think the song is over until 3 seconds of absolute silence pass, and then the song kicks back in with full force. And that is the third jump scare on this recording. Even if it isn't the heaviest song on this album, it is certainly the creepiest from a lyrical perspective, and it's unsettling how energetic and upbeat it is. One of the most interesting parts of this album is obviously the real-life implications of some of these songs, and I don't think that you have to look too hard to figure out the inspiration for a lot of these ideas. And the X and the Y dives into the idea of those who are left behind by these technological advancements. No matter how worldwide or global a new regime might seem, there are always going to be dissenters, people who don't buy into it, the people who click no on the service agreements, the kind of guys who still use flip phones and try every day to move further away from the grid, people who want to keep private matters private, and they have no interest in connecting with the rest of humanity on such an intimate level. So in the universe of Omni, what actually happens to those people? Well, let me introduce you to the process called organic fission, another breakthrough technology from Omnicorp. Organic fission is a 100% sustainable natural power source. Because in order to sustain a giant neural network that powers not only emotional regulation, augmented reality, a three kilometer tall tower running day and night that's connected to a city that's also connected through the tower, you're gonna need a lot of power. And so that power source is organic, right? So what exactly is that organic power source? Well, the lyrics to the song spell it out pretty clearly. It says, the research points to an anomaly, power, data, energy, light for the kingdom, subatomic shattering, Harness the energy, the light for every sector, stored in every objector. And later it says, you never had a say, you never had a choice. A bastion of misinformation as living fuel. One more lyric, I promise. Conspiracy they cry all the way to the meltdown. You are either for me or disintegrated, indoctrinated or damned. Basically those people who didn't sign the user agreement, the people that tried to live off the grid, the people who dissented against Omni's control of their lives 
are being rounded up and literally disintegrated at the atomic level. And then the energy from their atoms, I guess, are harvested. And while that concept is terrifying enough as it is, the part that I find scariest is that when you are a dissenter or you choose not to participate in something, you're exercising your free will and choosing to go your own way. And yet what sucks is that the song states that there is nothing revolutionary about that. There's nothing unique about choosing to go your own way. The algorithm not only made consideration for that, it's even built into the way the entire system runs, which makes the idea of emotional regulation even more terrifying because in order for the system to keep running with constant power consumption, I feel like eventually all of those dissenters are going to be rounded up and gotten rid of, right? So what happens when you run out of those dissenters? Well, you just create more of them, right? And, and, and you do that by using emotional manipulation, getting people to feel a certain way. So in a certain sense, you're going to have to start thinning the herd and making people feel like they should be dissenters just so that you can feed them back into the machine. And this is probably the scariest song in the entire double album, just because of what it implies. The next song is called Taser 5.0, and it sounds the way I thought Fear Factory was gonna sound the first time somebody told me about Fear Factory. And it contains large doses of vocoded vocals, which makes Schwab sound like he's screaming at a Transformer version of himself. And this, this is why I like electronic fused music. This right here. And did I mention this song is super heavy? I'm, I wasn't sure if by track five that we'd reached the Brutality EP or not, uh, as this song is probably the most brutal so far. And at this point in the record, I started getting a little bit scared of like just how far the Brutality EP was willing to go if these songs were supposed to be, quote, less brutal songs. The lyrics dive back into the process of constant addictive connection that technology has created. And it feeds into people's addiction to chronicling our day-to-day -day lives online. How in the past, we might have kept things a little bit closer to the chest. But in the modern day, we have to be careful and make sure that we aren't measuring our self-value with how many followers we have or how many likes we get. Because the only way to get that is to give all of ourselves away. It's an easy trap to fall into. Like I said earlier, those dopamine hits are strong and we legitimately feel good when we get interacted with in that way. But the dark side of this in our reality is how we feel when we don't get that type of interaction. If your entire self-worth is tied up in it, it can be very damaging when that drip feed of dopamine runs dry. However, in the Omni universe, that drip feed has been clinically engineered to keep that dopamine running 24 seven. And it doesn't matter how many people have to be sacrificed in order to keep that machine running. The song Trench Ejector starts off very playful. It sounds kind of industrial. And this song sounds the most like Omni one in that it starts off slower and features a more cinematic song structure, if that makes any sense. It's kind of the only way I can describe it. That didn't make any sense! The bass groove on this song is awesome, and this is as close to clean vocals as you're gonna get on this record. And you need to relish it. 
because it's all brutality from here on out. It's still a heavy song. The electronic elements dominate the audio hellscape perfectly, and this ends off the electronic EP in a truly creepy and uneasy fashion. Lyrically, it spells out the vision of the future, which is covered in part one of Omni, where Omni puts on an event known as the Singularity. And it's a massive update, if you will, where the technology will finally be able to provide a solution to the ultimate inconvenience, death. It's an irresistible offer that you have to take because as we've already established, if you didn't take the other offers already, then you've probably already been rounded up and fed into the generator anyway. <laughs> However, this song really just details how the antagonists of the story seek to transfer their newfound God complex to the rest of humanity through this neural network. And that sounds downright decent of them, right? Well, of course not, because as I covered in my episode on Omni Part 1, the big reveal of Omni and Omnicorp is that all of this violation of humanity has been spearheaded by otherworldly forces behind the scenes, constantly driving humanity to the point where we have been tricked into rejecting the very things that make us human. folks and at this point we need to strap in because we have entered the brutality portion of this album so let's make sure that you have those stank faces ready to go because this is going to get really gutsy and lyrically this part of the album shifts to a second antagonist slash founder of omni and these songs have much more straightforward lyrics using huge bold statements which are far more explicit in their intentions than we had before. Almost as if our first antagonist was just like caught up in the technology, you know, like he, he was seduced by the technology itself and he was the main architect, but still being led by otherworldly forces. But our antagonist from the Brutality EP exists to enforce the darker and more power hungry agenda of Omni. A lot of what he says sounds more like something you'd hear from a dictator more than a scientific visionary. So the first song, Pariah, starts off just guitar in your face. That then transitions into an absolute slaughter fest of riffs, growls, shrieks, and chugs. And this is where it really sounds like they've been playing tons of Doom Eternal. <laughs> this is frantic, unhinged brutality, and I'm totally here for it. Anyone who misses the old sound of Project 86, I'm sorry, but this isn't it. And the, there probably aren't going to be any more throwbacks from here on out. Pariah picks up right from that theme where it continues to spell out the true intentions behind Omni and the singularity. Despite humanity putting its trust in Omni and its user agreements, that trust will eventually be violated. And the realization will set in that our best interests were not what were in mind when this demonic agenda is revealed. We realize that Omni is truly being headed by a raving, power-hungry dictator who makes clear his intentions to dominate and align the population's values and intentions with his own will. And it blows the lid off of what Omni's true intentions are and their demonic origins. The song has an amazing hook where he screams, your voice means nothing until it sounds like my own. Okay, so the next song is called The Boiling Ocean, and it's probably my favorite song off of the Brutality EP. 
It starts off with an ominous, almost deathcore-influenced intro, which transforms into this, like, more genty song. Schwab's vocals embody pure hatred and vinegar, and the blast at 1 minute and 13 seconds demonstrates how Project 86 is not playing around when trying to instill fear into the listener. It's an absolute ripper from start to finish. The biggest change I've noticed is that the electronic elements on the first half of the album have been replaced with just extra and unpleasant noises. And it creates an impending sense of dread that grows and grows as you go from song to song. And whatever melody can be found, it does more to creep you out than it does to make you feel good. And the song delivers the clear message to everyone connected to the network that it is too late to turn back. This is the new reality. The old way humanity worked is obsolete and was always doomed to fail. The narrator says, assuming helm, premeditated, your system, so terminal. You see, you are already on this roller coaster, and the car has left the boarding station. The only way out is to move forward, if there's any way out at all. Shambolic lumbers in next and continues the onslaught with some creepy ambience at the start that devolves into the expected flurry of chugs, scrapes, dissonant stabs, and anguished howls from Andrew Schwab. At 1 minute and 28 seconds, the song actually intensifies to the point of full-on death metal blasting, which is something that I can honestly say I've never heard on a Project 86 record. If some of you more spiritually sensitive folks are watching this and feel like some of this is starting to sound downright demonic, you're not completely wrong in thinking that because the lyrics of the song reveals the influence of demonic forces tormenting and assuming control of our antagonist. In the lyrics he says, I was shown a vision as I vacated bodily form in between this world and another. The presence I sensed, not of this world, when my eyes are closed, they won't leave me alone. However, he presses on because of the entity's promise of endless rewards. Subjugate humanity and bring them together as one entity. The song ends with the words, A black mass of pure energy. Lie still for your reward. Concede and cave. Which is just pure terror. Lonely Code shows up next in perfect form with a very short atmospheric intro followed by more dissonant chugging and growling. The brutality really hits its stride here. There's a moment about 45 seconds in where it sounds like the song is actually going to take a turn for the melodic or the positive, but instead it just builds up to an absolutely apocalyptic breakdown. And I know I've talked about it to death, but I just can't get over these vocals, man. I've been listening to this man sing songs for 20 years, and this is such a radical change that there are still times I forget that it's even him that I'm listening to. And I'm not complaining, but it does require a lot of brain recalibration in order to keep up with it. And there's a great spoken word segment at 2 minutes and 19 seconds, which really sums up this character's motivations and overall another really brutal song leaving you hoping for some kind of a break and it's a break that you were just not gonna get the lyrics detail our antagonist's egocentric quest as it eventually develops into a full-fledged god complex. It's almost as if our scientist from side A of the record was driven by the dopamine effects created by the technology. 
Whereas the antagonist on side B is the public face of the company, the enforcer, the dictator. A dictator who had to give up all of his humanity in exchange for power over this mass collective that they've created. He says, into my mouth you're delivered as an offering. Witness the ascent of glory, shudder before me. And the demonic influence is strong on this one for sure. So let's see how this record ends. Medusa is the last song, and I'm so sorry if you thought this song was going to be the one to slow things down and do things in a more epic, atmospheric, and cinematic fashion. Within the first three seconds, the listener is overtaken by fast riffs, screams, and growls that devolve into aggressive chugging. The vocals are the most terrifying on this song, and they feature Johannes Pearson from Cult of Luna trading off with Andrew. And while this is not a super melodic, epic ending track for the album, I think that it delivers beautifully on its promise of brutality, and it sets us up fully for the events detailed in Omni Part 1. The very end of the song does bring back the chanting that you hear at the beginning of Part 1 in Apotheosis, and it brings the entire thing full circle. But since this is the Brutality EP, that is also subverted with an absolutely filthy breakdown that I'm probably gonna have to take a shower after listening to. Lyrically, Medusa is a manifesto of Omni's plan for domination. Subvert every expectation of tradition and eradicate anything that resembles the old way of humanity. Devolve the human race to your standards and hold them only to your standard. And this is pure horror on display because nobody can go back on this agreement. It's too late if you're already logged in and you don't really have a choice to survive if you aren't logged in. The lyrics say, destroy every sanctuary, lobotomize to blur the lines, devolve the human machine, automate. Obedience is now your only sacred doctrine. Material medium depreciate. You will devour every word as I devour you. And if you haven't heard Omni part one yet, you're gonna have to go and listen to it and study the lyrics to find out what happens next. So that's Omni Part 2, and I gotta say, I was completely blown away. And no, nobody's paying me to say that. I know I've hated on Project 86 in the past, but what I'm trying to say is that I went into Omni Part 1 and Part 2 with a huge dose of skepticism. But after listening to it, it's hard to deny the amount of creativity and musical mastery that went into creating such a complex sound and storyline. I was blown away by this new ultra heavy version of Project 86, and I got sucked in by the real world implications of the story. I think part one was an excellent release, and it presented cinematic ideas within the confines of a metal record. But some of the criticisms that people had of part one was the frequent use of interludes to flesh out the world building aspects of the story. However, Omni 2 does not do this at all. What we have here is a leaner and more focused album that leaves interpretation up to the listener with intentional vagueness in the lyrics and tons of fan service in the music itself. This is the part of Omni you want to listen to when you work out or if you just need to hype yourself up before a job interview. Even if you were to ignore the lyrics and storyline entirely, 
you're still going to get a lot out of Omni Part 2. But if you take the plunge like I did, and you actively engage with the storyline, you will discover a well-crafted and bleak vision of the future of humanity. And bleak really is the theme of Omni Part 2, because by the end of it, the bad guys win. There's no heroes in this story. Nobody can stand up to what is happening. The heroes were all rounded up and fed into the generator. Your heroes are dead. However, a reckoning does eventually come in the end when you look for it. And if you find this futuristic stuff fascinating like I do, I think you're gonna see the parallels drawn to our current day and age. And while I think some of the ideas presented in Omni are a little bit far-fetched, I mean, the purpose of a cautionary tale is to at least make us think before we do or agree to anything. Thank you guys so much for listening to or watching this podcast. Like I said in the intro, my name is Daniel Terry. And if you liked this podcast, make sure to subscribe to the channel or the audio podcast on your favorite podcasting app. And if you are brand new to my content, please visit gabbermedia.com to listen to the over 50 audio-only episodes of DFT's Dungeon that I've posted over there. This is just a bonus episode between seasons, and I will start posting weekly episodes and videos again in February. So I'll see you all very soon. Thanks again.